Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dan Steep, and welcome to Spiritual Talk. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get FDA-approved NASA technology in your home, business, or car that kills 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen at infoforvolara at gmail.com. Welcome back. It's an honor to be with you today. I want to talk to you today about how to get faith and how to make it work for you. In the last episode, I talked about what is faith and um, how do I, you know, why is faith important? What is it and why is it important? And I want to build on that this this week and talk about uh, how to get faith and uh, how to make faith work in your life. So we learn from God's Word in Hebrews 11.1 that faith shows the reality of what we hope for and is the evidence of what we cannot see. The King James Version says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And why is faith important? Because everything in the kingdom operates by faith. And when you become a Christian, you're now a part of the kingdom of God. It's a completely different economy. Uh, it, it doesn't work on, by your intellect, by your human wisdom, by your physical strength, by your uh, networking and your relationships. Everything in the kingdom operates by faith, and you advance through the kingdom by faith, and you uh, expand the kingdom in this world by faith. Everything in the kingdom operates by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. So in order to, to come to God and please God, which simply means to, to move God's heart, you have to believe that God is who He says He is and that He is a rewarder. That's big. I, I know a lot of people that profess to be a Christian that don't actually view God as someone who rewards them. But God actually, the Bible says that 
that God is looking to and fro throughout the earth to find those whose hearts are loyal toward him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. So God actually desires to reward you. And the Bible says he rewards those who diligently seek him. So how do I get faith? Well, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the source of faith is the Bible, is, is the word of God. And hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, and understanding the word of God builds faith. It is, it's, faith isn't built by singing or by praying or by, I don't know, testifying or, or any other aspect. Faith is built in the Word. Something, a, a spiritual dynamic happens when I read God's Word because God's Word is faith. And faith is God's Word. Paul says in Romans that, that his word is the word of faith. I believe it's Romans 10, 17. It's the word of faith. So something, a, a spiritual dynamic takes place when I read God's word. It, it quickens something in my spirit. And faith is built. I want to read a scripture to you from the book of James. It's James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is, an uns is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So we're encouraged from the Word to not have a divided loyalty between the world and the, the world's system, the world's uh, values, and, and what God's Word says. And we're told that if, if we are double-minded and torn between the world's value system and the Word of God, then it creates an instability within us. We're, we're what the Bible calls double-minded. And you shouldn't expect to receive any from the, anything from the Lord from that place. And that really makes sense because, again, everything in the kingdom moves by faith. Faith comes from God's Word. And when my faith is completely in God's Word, then I'm not double-minded, and I, I will receive what God has for me, because everything moves by faith. And it's really, it's a certain that a double-minded man will not receive an answer, as it is certain that the person of faith will. And Jesus never... This is a really interesting thing to think about. As you read through the gospel accounts, you see that Jesus never chased people down and tried to get them to believe. 
In fact, he took quite a different approach. He was attracted to faith. And that makes sense because everything in the kingdom moves by faith. So he didn't waste his time. He didn't spend time trying to convince anybody uh, that they should believe. He didn't even uh, he didn't seek out people that didn't believe and try to convince them. In fact, there were people that didn't believe from the political arena and from the religious arena that uh, they were very much opposed to him and his message. And in fact, he actually had harsh words for them. He challenged particularly the religious leaders of his day for their unbelief. But he sought out and he was drawn to people who had faith. And, and it wasn't even people that had big faith. It was just people that were willing to acknowledge their need for a Savior. And that little bit of faith was all it took to move them as Jesus ministered to them. So that's how I get faith in God's Word. There, there's a dynamic that takes place. That's what many people miss. They think that when I'm reading the Word, it's just me, in my mind, reading words on a page. But we serve a supernatural God, created the world, sent His Son as a Savior for us, parted the, the Red Sea, miracle after miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. He's a supernatural God who rose from the grave to give us victory over sin and death. So there's no reason to think that the supernatural God has left us to our own devices in reading His Word. The Bible says that He's given us His Holy Spirit who will lead us into truth. So as we read His Word, Holy Spirit will open up his, the Word and reveal truth to us. So every time that you read God's Word, just stop before you begin and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth and to shine his light of revelation on, on God's word and upon your heart. And he will be faithful to do that. So how can I make faith work for me? This is the part about faith. See, faith is an action. Faith moves people to do something today. So there's a story in Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 10. It says that while they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He'd been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. And looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, and he said, Stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. By faith, the man stood. He, he took action. How, how do you make faith work for you? Well, just because you have faith doesn't mean that anything is going to happen on the outside unless faith manifests itself in what you say and what you do. So literally... Paul said to this man, when he realized that the man had faith to be healed, he said, stand up. And the man stood. In that moment, when the apostle Paul told him to stand, 
There's a faith moment right there. He could have said, but I can't stand. I've tried to stand, and it doesn't work. But by, he took an action by faith. He didn't just sit back and say, well, if God wants me to be healed, I'll be healed. No, the word says Paul called to him in a loud voice. It doesn't even say that Paul prayed for him. It said, looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed, so Paul called to him in a loud voice and said, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Faith has to be turned loose. It's not really faith until, one, you're willing to say it out loud in the presence of others, and number two, you're willing to act on it. And by faith, as in the case of this man who, who was born with crippled feet, he stood up. So how do you turn your faith loose? You have to act on it. And I'm going to give you three ways that you can act on your words. On, or, I'm sorry, act on your faith. First, in your words. Jesus said in Mark 11, verses 14 and in verse 23, he said, he said to a tree, it was a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, and he cursed it, and he said, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. So he spoke it. Then Jesus said, and the disciples heard him say it out loud. In verse 23 of Mark chapter 11, Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth. You can say, there's the word again, say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will and have no doubt in your heart. You have to say it. One of the ways that you turn your faith loose is in your words when you physically out loud say the, the word of faith. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we get in God's word and we let God's word get in us, in our heart. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Simply put, faith is voice activated. It must be spoken. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Or the words that you say will either justify you or condemn you. The words that we say matter. You need to guard your speech and protect your speech and make sure that your speech does not violate faith, but that out of the abundance of your heart, because you're getting God's word within you. Your mouth will speak. The Bible also says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you can turn your faith loose by acting on your faith through your speech or through your words. Secondly, you're, through your actions. The Bible says in James 2.17, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. 
So unless your faith brings forth an action, unless your faith elicits an action from you, it's dead and useless. Just like when Paul spoke to the crippled man in, in the scripture that I read to you from Acts chapter 10. He spoke to him and he told him to stand to his feet. And through his action, faith was activating him and his healing took place. So that's, you know, sometimes we use the word taking a step of faith or stepping in faith. A step of faith is never small. It's, it's, it may seem small in the moment, but it's huge in the spirit. So that's praying and declaring with our mouth and testifying. All those things are things that we do, but they're not enough. Action must be taken. So we turn faith loose by acting on it in our speech and in our actions and thirdly, in your praise. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. Praise is powerful because praise is a faith-filled um, action. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 says, I desire, therefore, that men that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So he's talking about men praising, lifting up holy hands without doubting. So, so praise is a faith action. Praise is a way that you turn your faith loose. Don't keep asking God over and over for the same thing. Ask Him for it and then praise Him for it in faith until the answer comes. In Mark 7, 13, Jesus said, You cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And in, and I, I put it, it's parentheses, your own vain repetitions. He says, and this is only one example among many others. So he's saying that you can cancel the word of God with your vain repetitions. Right? I, you, you can ask God for something over and over and over without ever actually believing that it's going to happen. Or, by faith, you can ask God for it, and then by faith, just begin praising Him for it, and just praise Him, and thank Him, and worship Him until the answer comes. So that's how you get faith, from God's Word, and how you make faith work for you is you begin to turn faith loose through your speech and through your actions and through your praise. Because I want you to know something. You can have God's best. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. You can have God's best. Jesus came to the earth and gave his life as a sacrifice for your sins so that you could have God's best. 
The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So number one, you can have God's best for you. Number two, you can have the desires of your heart. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. You can have God's best for you. And you can have the desires of your heart. And lastly, nothing is irreversible in the realm of faith. There's no closed case with God. There's nothing too difficult for Him. Anything that's damaged can be repaired. And if it can't be repaired, God will give you a new one. He'll replace it. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? It's a rhetorical question. Nothing is outside of God's reach. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, All things are possible to him who believes. And in Scripture, faith and belief are interchangeable terms. All things are possible to him who has faith. That's how you get faith and how you make faith work for you. If you're listening to this spiritual talk and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that that's really the beginning of faith. Saying yes to Jesus. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. I want to offer a prayer to you, for you. And you can just repeat this prayer out loud after me. And whether you've never walked with, with Jesus in a personal relationship, or maybe you were raised in church or something like that, but something happened in your life that, that caused you to turn from God, I'm going to offer a prayer that you can repeat out loud after me. And when you pray that prayer, those things will be reversed and you will be saved and born again. Would you pray that prayer together with me? Pray it out loud because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I admit that I've sinned. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness to you. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, if you prayed that prayer out loud after me, let me be the first person to welcome you to the family of God. You are my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I say to you, you, you're saved. You're born again. And you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. If you prayed that prayer out loud after me, I'd like you to do something for me. Go to my website at revivalnow.com. Just go to revivalnow.com and on the front page of our website, there's a big red button that says, I just got saved. Click that red button and it'll take you to a place where you can do two things. One, you can view some videos that I've prepared for you that'll help you get started on the right path in your Christian life. Secondly, there's, you'll have an opportunity to fill out your contact information. If you'll fill out your contact information, this is what I'll do. Number one, I give you my word that you won't show up on any mailing list. Number two, I'll pray for you. I want to pray for you by name. I want to know who you are, and I'm going to be praying for you. And number three, um, I want to be a resource to you in your Christian life. If you fill out your contact information, I'm going to email you uh, some resources that will be very instrumental and helpful to you as you get started in your Christian life. So that's it. That's my promise to you. Just go to revivalnow.com, click I just got saved, and follow the prompts. And I appreciate you doing that. Appreciate the opportunity uh, to, to spend this time together with you with spiritual talk. I want to remind you once again that this episode is being brought to you by Valara with um, Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA technology in your home, business, or car that kills 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen at infoforvalara at gmail.com. Thank you for spending this time together with me. Please allow me to offer a prayer as I say goodbye. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person that will watch this episode. I pray that you'll bless this time, encourage them, build their faith, and do incredible things in and through their life. You're a good, good father. And we celebrate your goodness today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you, friends. I'll see you again soon.